Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. He selected the essence of all the Vedic literatures. Vedic literatures are a vast body of literatures uh, written in the Sanskrit language originally. And to go through them all and come to the conclusion that there's a personal God and that his name is Krishna is practically in this age of Kali Yuga impossible for us because we are Manda, Sumanda Matayo, Manda Bhagya, Uparitaha. <clears throat> We're mainly short lived and disturbed and in so many ways. Uh, we've created a complex uh, social system of uh, nations and uh, companies, inter inter international uh, companies uh, and life has become very complicated with the advent of technology, which we are using. We're not against technology. We're using the technology right now to be able to transmit, transmit this reading uh, all over the world. So we're not against it, but it's a fact of life that more and more dependent we come on, become on the technology. Uh, when there's a disruption to it, it's going to create, and it is creating, social, personal upheaval of all descriptions. Uh, and therefore the human society, human being has forgotten to live, how to live naturally, simply and naturally uh, on the earth. So Prabhupada, Shiva Prabhupada selected these scriptures uh, because they're the essential teachings of the Vedas. They can give us the conclusion of the Vedas without having to go research the the original texts of the Vedas and the Upanishads and all these verses, all these literatures. So we're very fortunate uh, that Srila Prabhupada came to the West and enlightened us and we owe it to him to be loyal and chaste to his uh, line of spiritual authority. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do here with these daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. To read the books you know, cover to cover, sentence by sentence, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, cover to cover, so that we get the full uh, benefit of Srila Prabhupada's trains of thought. And then whatever controversial things there may be there that don't agree with present social uh, uh, acceptability, they will be contextualized automatically uh, by the constant reading of the, of, the, of the whole literature. Srimad Bhagavata Mihima Stotram uh, glorifies Srimad Bhagavatam by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Uh, and we're reading from the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam now, the summary study of Srila Prabhupada's uh, called Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this glorification by Sanatana Goswami goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvanduritaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume
I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamadbhagya madanandanamostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. The sadhu, sadhu tadayin, atini chuchatakada, anamun chagadachin mam, premna rit kandayospura. O bestower of, these, of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached the 13th chapter of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, summarized by Srila Prabhupada in the Krishna book. Title of the chapter, The Stealing of the Boys and Calves by Brahma. Shukadeva Goswami was very much encouraged when Maharaj Pariksit asked him why the cowherd boys did not discuss the death of Agasura until one year had passed. He explains thus, My dear King, you are making the subject matter of the transcendental pastimes of Krishna fresher by your inquisitiveness. It is said that, is the, that it is the nature of a devotee to constantly apply his mind, energy, words, ears, etc. in hearing and chanting about Krishna. This is called Krishna consciousness. And for one who was wrapped in hearing and chanting, about Krishna. The subject matter never becomes hackneyed or old. That is the significance of transcendental subject matter in contrast to material subject matter. Material subject matter becomes stale and one cannot hear a certain subject for a long time. He wants to change. He wants change. But as far as transcendental subject matter is concerned, it is called Nitya Nava Navayamana. This means that one can go on chanting and hearing about the Lord and never feel tired, but remain fresh and eager to hear more and more. It is the duty of the spiritual master to disclose all confidential subject matter to the inquisitive and sincere disciple. Thus, Shukadeva Goswami began to explain why the killing of Agasura was not discussed until one year had passed. Shukadeva Goswami told the king, Now hear of this secret with attention. After saving his friends from the mouth of Agasura, and killing the demon, Lord Krishna brought his friends to the bank of the Yamuna and addressed them as follows. My dear friends, just see how this spot is very nice for taking lunch and playing on the soft, sandy Yamuna bank. You can see how the lotus flowers in the water are beautifully blown and how they distribute their fragrance all around. The chirping of the birds, along with the cooing of the peacocks, 
surrounded by the whispering of the leaves in the trees, combine and present sound vibrations that echo one another. And this just enriches the beautiful scenery created by the trees here. Let us have our lunch in this spot because it is already late and we are feeling hungry. Let the calves remain near us and let them drink water from the Yamuna. While we engage in our lunch taking, the calves may engage in eating the soft grasses that are in this spot. On hearing this proposal from Krishna, all the boys became very glad and said, Certainly, let us all sit down here to take our lunch. They then let loose the calves to eat the soft grass. Sitting down on the ground and keeping Krishna in the center, they began to open their lunch boxes brought from home. Lord Sri Krishna was seated in the center of the circle and all the boys kept their faces toward him. They ate and constantly enjoyed seeing the Lord face to face. Krishna appeared to be the whorl of a lotus flower and the boys surrounding him appeared to be its different petals. The boys collected flowers, leaves of flowers. Hmm. The boys collected flowers, leaves of flowers, and the bark of trees and placed their lunch on them, as well as in their boxes. And they began to eat their lunch, keeping company with Krishna. While taking lunch, each boy began to manifest different kinds of relations with Krishna and they enjoyed each other's company with joking words. While Lord Krishna was thus enjoying lunch with his friends, his flute was pushed within the belt of his cloth on his right side and his bugle and cane were pushed in on the left-hand side of his cloth. In his left palm, he was holding a lump of food prepared with yogurt, butter, rice and pieces of fruit salad which could be seen through his petal-like finger joints. The Supreme Personality of Godhead who accepts the results of all great sacrifices was laughing and joking <clears throat> enjoying lunch with his friends in Vrindavan. And thus the scene <clears throat> was being observed by the demigods from heaven as for the boys, they were simply enjoying transcendental bliss in the company of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. At that time, the calves that were pasturing nearby entered into the deep forest, allured by new grasses, and gradually went out of sight. When the boys saw that the calves were not nearby, they became afraid for their safety and they immediately cried out, Krishna! Krishna is the killer of fear personified. Everyone is afraid of pure fear personified, but fear personified is afraid of Krishna. By crying out the word Krishna, the boys at once transcended the fearful situation. Krishna! Out of his great affection, Krishna did not want his friends to give up their pleasing lunch engagement and go searching for the calves. He therefore said, My dear friends, you need not interrupt your lunch. Go on enjoying. I am going personally to find the calves. Thus Lord Krishna, still carrying the lump of yogurt and rice preparation in his left hand, <laughs> immediately immediately started to search out the calves in the caves and bushes. He searched in the mountain holes and in the forests, but nowhere could he find them. At the time when Agasura was killed and the demigods were looking on the incident with great surprise, Brahma, who was born of the lotus flower growing out of the navel of Vishnu, also came to see.
He was surprised how a little boy like Krishna could act so wonderfully. Although he was informed that the little cowherd boy was the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he wanted to see more of the Lord's glorious pastimes. And thus he stole all the calves and cowherd boys and took them to a different place. Lord Krishna, therefore, in spite of searching for the calves, could not find them. And he even lost his boyfriends on the bank of the Yamuna, where they had been taking their lunch. In the form of a cowherd boy, Lord Krishna was very little in comparison to Brahma. But because Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he could immediately understand that all the calves and boys had been stolen by Brahma. Krishna thought, Brahma has taken away all the boys and calves. How can I alone return to, turn, to, return to Vrindavan? The mothers will be aggrieved. Therefore, in order to satisfy the mothers of his friends, as well as to convince Brahma of the supremacy of the Personality of Godhead, he immediately expanded himself as the cowherd boys and calves. In the Vedas it is said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead has already expanded himself into so many living entities by his energy. Therefore, it was not very difficult for him to expand himself again into so many boys and calves. He expanded himself to become exactly like the boys who were, who were of all different features and facial and bodily construction and who were different in their clothing and ornaments and in their behavior and personal activities. In other words, Although each boy, being an individual soul, had entirely different tastes, activities and behavior, Krishna exactly expanded himself into all the different positions of the individual boys. He also became the calves, who were also of different sizes, colors, activities, etc. This was possible because everything is an expansion of Krishna's energy. In the Vishnu Purana, it is said, Parasya Brahmana Shakti. Whatever we actually see in the cosmic manifestation, be it matter or the activities of the living entities, is simply an expansion of the energies of the Lord, as heat and light are the different expansions of fire. Thus, expanding himself as the boys and calves in their individual capacities and surrounded by such expansions of himself, Krishna entered the village of Vrindavan. The residents had no knowledge of what had happened. After entering the village of Vrindavan, all the calves entered their respective cowsheds and the boys went to their respective mothers and homes. The mothers of the boys heard the vibration of their flutes before their, their entrance and, and to receive them, they came out of their homes and embraced them. And out of maternal affection, milk was flowing from their breasts and they allowed the boys to drink it. However, their offering was not exactly to their boys, but to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who had expanded himself into such boys. This was a chance for all the mothers of Vrindavan to feed the Supreme Personality of Godhead with their own milk. Therefore, not only did Lord Krishna give Yashoda the chance to feed him, but this time he gave the chance to all the other elder, elder gopis. All the boys dealt with their mothers as usual and the mothers also, on the approach of evening, bathed their respective children, decorated them with tilak and ornaments, and gave them necessary food after the day's labor. The cows also 
who had been away in the pasturing ground, returned in the evening and called their respective calves. The calves immediately came to their mothers and the mothers began to lick the bodies of the calves. These relations of the cows and the gopis with the calves, this, this relations of the cows and the gopis with their calves and boys remained unchanged, although actually the original calves and boys were not there. Actually, the cows' affection for their calves and the elder gopis' affection for their boys causelessly increased. Their affection increased naturally, even though the calves and boys were not their offspring. Although the cows and elder gopis of Vrindavan had greater affection for Krishna than their own offspring, after this incident, their affection for their offspring increased unlimitedly, exactly as it did for Krishna. For one year, continuously, Krishna himself expanded as the calves and cowherd boys and was present <clears throat> in the pasturing ground for one year, full year, every day coming and going, doing all the relationships and everything. As it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's expansion is situated in everyone's heart as the Supersoul. But in this case, instead of expanding himself as the Supersoul, he expanded himself as a portion of calves and cowherd boys for one continuous year. One day, a few days before a year had passed, Krishna and Balarama were maintaining the calves in the forest when they saw some cows grazing on top of Govardhan Hill. The cows could see down into the valley where the calves were being taken care of by the boys. Suddenly, on sighting the calves, the cows began to run toward them. They leaped downhill with joined front and rear legs. The cows were so melted with affection <clears throat> for the calves that they did not care about the rough path from the top of Govardhan Hill down to the pasturing ground. They approached the calves with their milk bags full of milk and they raised their tails upwards. When they were coming down the hill, their milk bags were pouring milk on the ground out of intense maternal affection for the calves, although they were not their own calves. These cows had their own calves, and the calves that were grazing beneath Govardhan Hill were larger. They were not expected to drink milk directly from the milk bag, but were satisfied with the grass. <clears throat> Yet all the cows came immediately and began to lick their bodies, and the calves also began to suck milk from the milk bags. There appeared to be a great bond of affection between the cows and the calves. When the cows were running down from the top of Govardhan Hill, the men who were taking care of them tried to stop them. Older cows are taken care of by the men and the calves are taken care of by the boys. And as far as possible, the calves are kept separate from the cows so that the calves do not drink all the available milk. Therefore, the men who were taking care of the cows on the top of Govardhan Hill tried to stop them, but they failed. Baffled by their failure, they were feeling ashamed and angry. They were very unhappy. But when they came down and saw their children taking care of the calves, they all of a sudden became very affectionate toward the children. It was very astonishing. Although the men came down disappointed, baffled and angry, <clears throat> as soon as they saw their own children, their hearts melted with great affection. 
at once their anger, dissatisfaction, and unhappiness disappeared. They began to show paternal love for the children. And with great affection, <clears throat> they lifted them in their arms and embraced them. They began to smell their children's heads and enjoy their company with great happiness. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> After embracing their children, the men took the cows back to the top of Govardhan Hill. Along the way, they began to think of their children and affectionate tears fell from their eyes. When Balarama saw the extraordinary exchange of affection between the cows and the calves and between the fathers and their children, when neither the calves nor the children needed so much care, he began to wonder why this extraordinary thing had happened. He was astonished <clears throat> to see all the residents of Vrindavan so affectionate to their own children, exactly as they had been to Krishna. Similarly, the cows had grown affectionate to the calves as much as to Krishna. Balarama therefore concluded that the extraordinary show of affection was something mystical, either performed by the demigods or by some powerful man. Otherwise, how could this wonderful change take place? He concluded that this mystical change must have been caused by Krishna, whom Balarama considered his worshipable personality of Godhead. He thought it was arranged by Krishna, and even I could not check its mystic power. Thus Balarama understood that all those boys and calves were only expansions of Krishna. Balarama inquired from Krishna about the actual situation. He said, My dear Krishna, in the beginning I thought that all these calves and cowherd boys were either great sages and saintly persons or demigods. But at present, it appears that they are actually your expansions. They are all you. You yourself are playing as the calves and boys. What is the mystery of this situation? Where have those other calves and boys gone? And why are you expanding yourself as the calves and boys? Will you kindly tell me what is the cause? At the request of Balarama, Krishna briefly explained the whole situation, <clears throat> how the calves and boys had been stolen by Brahma, and now Krishna was concealing the incident by expanding himself so people would not know that the original calves and boys were missing. While Krishna and Balaram were talking, Brahma returned after a moment's interval, according to, his, according to the duration of his life. We have information of Lord Brahma's duration of life from the Bhagavad Gita, 1,000 times the duration of the four ages, or 1,000 times 4,320,000 years, constitute Brahma's 12 hours. Similarly, one moment of Brahma's time is equal to one year of our solar calculation. After one moment of Brahma's calculation, Brahma came back to see the fun caused by his stealing the boys and calves. But he was also afraid that he was playing with fire <coughs> Krishna was his master and he had played mischievous, mischief for fun by taking away his calves and boys. He was, he was really anxious. So he did not stay away very long. He came back after a moment by his calculation. 
he saw that all the boys <clears throat> and calves were still playing with Krishna in the same way as when he had come upon them, although he was confident that he had taken them and made them lie down asleep under the spell of his mystic power. Brahma began to think, all the boys and calves were taken away by me and I know they are still sleeping. How is it that a similar batch of boys and calves is playing with Krishna? Is it that they are not influenced by my mystic power? Have they been playing continually for one year with Krishna? Brahma tried to understand who they were and how they were uninfluenced by his mystic power, but he could not ascertain it. In other words, he himself came under the spell of his own mystic power. <laughs> the influence of his mystic power appeared like snow in darkness or a glowworm in the daytime. During the night's darkness, the glowworm can show some glittering power and the snow piled up on the top of a hill or on the ground can shine during the daytime. But at night, the snow, has no, the snow has no silver glitter, nor does the glowworm have any illuminating power during the daytime. Similarly, when the small mystic power exhibited by Brahma was before the mystic power of Krishna, it was just like snow at night or a glowworm during the day. When a man of small mystic power wants to show potency in the presence of greater mystic power, he diminishes his own influence. He does not increase it. Even such a great personality as Brahma, when he wanted to show his mystic power before Krishna, became ludicrous. Brahma was thus confused about his own mystic power. In order to convince Brahma, that all those calves and boys were not the original ones. The calves and boys who were playing with Krishna transformed into Vishnu forms. Actually, the original ones were sleeping under the spell of Brahma's mystic power. But the present ones, seen by Brahma, were all immediately immediate expansions of Krishna or Vishnu. Vishnu is the expansion of Krishna. So the Vishnu forms appeared before Brahma. All the Vishnu forms were of bluish color and dressed in yellow garments. All of them had four hands decorated with club, disc, lotus flower and conch shell. On their heads were glittering golden helmets inlaid with jewels. They were bedecked with pearls and earrings and garlands with beautiful flowers, and garlanded with beautiful flowers. On their chests was the mark of Srivats. Their arms were decorated with armlets and other jewelry, and their necks were just like conch shells. Their legs were decorated with bells, their waists with golden belts, and their fingers with jeweled rings. Brahma also saw that upon the whole body of each Lord Vishnu, from the lotus feet up to the top of the head, fresh tulasi leaves and buds had been thrown. Another significant feature of the Vishnu forms was that all of them were looking transcendentally beautiful. Their smiling resembled the moonshine and their glancing resembled the early rising of the sun. Just by their glancing, they showed themselves to be the creators and maintainers of the modes of ignorance and passion. Vishnu represents the mode of goodness. Brahma represents the mode of passion. And Lord Shiva represents the mode of ignorance. Therefore, as the maintainer of everything in the cosmic manifestation, Vishnu is also the creator and maintainer of Brahma and Lord Shiva. After this manifestation of Lord Vishnu, Brahma saw that many other Brahmas and Shivas 
and demigods, and even insignificant living entities, down to the ants and very small straws, all moving and non-moving living entities were dancing surrounding Lord Vishnu. Their dancing was accompanied by various kinds of music and all of them were worshipping Lord Vishnu. Brahma realized that all those Vishnu forms were complete in mystic power from the anima perfection of becoming small like the atom up to becoming infinite like the cosmic manifestation. All the mystic powers of Brahma, Shiva, all the demigods, and the 24 elements of cosmic manifestation were fully represented in the person of Vishnu. By the influence of Lord Vishnu, all subordinate mystic powers were engaged in his worship. He was being worshipped by time, space, the cosmic manifestation, reformation, desire, activity, and the three qualities of material nature. Lord Vishnu, Brahma also realized, is the reservoir of all truth, knowledge, and bliss. He is the combination of three transcendental features, namely eternity, knowledge, and bliss. And he is the object of worship by the followers of the Upanishads. Brahma realized that all the different forms of boys and calves transformed into Vishnu forms were not transformed by a mysticism of the type that a yogi or a demigod can display by specific powers invested in them. The calves and boys transformed into Vishnu murtis or Vishnu forms were not displays of Vishnu maya or Vishnu's energy but were Vishnu himself. The respective qualifications of Vishnu and Vishnu Maya are just like fire and heat. In the heat, there is the qualification of fire, namely warmth, and yet heat is not fire. The manifestation of the Vishnu forms of the boys and calves was not like the heat, but rather the fire. They were all actually Vishnu. Factually, the qualification of Vishnu is full truth, full knowledge, and full bliss. Another example can be given with material objects which are reflected <clears throat> in many, many forms. For example, the sun is reflected in many water pots, but the reflections of the sun in the many water pots are not actually the sun. There is no actual heat or light from the suns in the, in the pots, although they appear like the sun. But the forms which Krishna assumed were each and every one full Vishnu. The specific word used in this connection is Satya Jnananda. <coughs> the specific word used in this connection is Satya Jnananda. Hmm. Satya means truth, jnana, full knowledge, ananta, unlimited, and ananda, full bliss. The glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are so great that the impersonalistic followers of the Upanishads cannot reach the platform of knowledge to understand them. Especially the transcendental forms of the Lord are beyond the reach of the impersonalists who can only understand through studying the Upanishads that the absolute truth is not matter or is not materially restricted. From Krishna's expansion into Vishnu forms, Lord Brahma could understand by his limited potency that everything moving and non-moving within the cosmic manifestation is existing due to the expansion or of the energy of the Supreme Lord. When Brahma was thus standing, baffled, 
in his limited power and conscious of his limited activities within the eleven senses, he could realize that he was also a creation of the material energy, just like a puppet. As a puppet has no independent power to dance, but dances according to the direction of the puppet master, so the demigods and living entities are all subordinate to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And as it is stated in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the only master is Krishna and all others are his servants. The whole world is under the waves of the material spell and beings are floating like straws in water. So their struggle for existence is continuing. But as soon as one becomes conscious that he is the eternal servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this maya, or illusory struggle for existence, is immediately stopped. Lord Brahma, who has full control over the goddess of learning and who is considered to be the best authority in Vedic knowledge, was thus perplexed, being unable to understand the extraordinary power manifested by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the mundane world, even a personality like Brahma is unable to understand the mystic power of the Supreme Lord. Not only did Brahma fail to understand, but he was perplexed even to see the display which was being manifested by Krishna before him. Krishna took compassion upon Brahma because of his inability to see how Krishna was displaying the forms of Vishnu and transforming himself into calves and cowherd boys. And thus, while fully manifesting the Vishnu expansions, he suddenly pulled his curtain of Yogamaya over the scene. In the Bhagavad Gita it is said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not visible due to the curtain spread by Yogamaya. That which covers the reality is Maha Maya or the external energy which does not allow a conditioned soul to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead beyond the cosmic manifestation. But the energy which partially manifests the Supreme Personality of Godhead and partially, partially does not allow one to see is called Yogamaya. Brahma is not an ordinary conditioned soul. He is far, far superior to all the other demigods. And yet, he could not comprehend the display of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, Krishna willingly stopped manifesting any further potency. The conditioned soul not only becomes bewildered, but is completely unable to understand. The curtain of Yogamaya was drawn so that Brahma would not become more and more perplexed. When Brahma was relieved from his perplexity, he appeared to awaken from an almost dead state and he began to open his eyes with great difficulty. Thus he could see the external cosmic manifestation with common eyes. He saw all around him the super-excellent view of Vrindavan, full with trees, which is the source of life for all living entities. He could appreciate the transcendental land of Vrindavan, where all the living entities are transcendental to ordinary nature. In the forest of Vrindavan, even ferocious animals like tigers live peacefully along with the deer and human beings. He could understand that because of the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vrindavan is transcendental to all other places. 
and is free of lust and greed. Brahma thus found Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, playing the part of a small cowherd boy. He saw that little child with a lump of food in his left hand, searching out his friends and calves, just as he had actually been doing one year before, after their disappearance. <clears throat> Immediately, Brahma descended from his great swan carrier and fell down before the Lord like a golden stick. The word used among the Vaishnavas for offering respect is dandavat. This word means falling down like a stick. One should offer respect to the superior Vaishnava by falling down straight with his body, just like a stick. So Brahma fell down before the Lord just like a stick to offer respect. And because the complexion of Brahma is golden, he appeared to be like a golden stick lying down before Lord Krishna. All the four helmets on the heads of Brahma touched the lotus feet of Krishna. Brahma, being very joyful, began to shed tears and he washed the lotus feet of Krishna with his tears. Repeatedly, he fell in rows as he recalled the wonderful activities of the Lord. After repeating obeisances for a long time, Brahma stood up and smeared his hands over his eyes. Seeing the Lord before him, he, he trembling, began to offer prayers with great respect, humility, and attention. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 13th chapter of Krishna, the stealing of the boys and calves by Brahma. Oh, Lord Sri Krishna Kishagajai, all the cows and calves and coward boys, like the calves and coward boys created by Krishna, Kijai. All glories to Lord Balaam who saw through it, finally. Gaur Premanandi, Haribol. Hare Krishna. Do we have reflections or this is from Raja Lakshmi? Hare Krishna Raja Lakshmi. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisance. Missing you, Hare Krishna. Oblast to Srila Prabhupada and Oblast to your daily readings. From Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I do feel fortunate and so grateful to have met Rati Manjari who directed me to your daily readings over two years ago. Oh. Glories to the assembled devotees. Oh. Yes, what is a touchstone? Mm. Haribo. From Krishna Premavati Devidasi. Dandavat Panams Maharaj, Happy Father's Day. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to obeisance to all the assembled <coughs> devotees, Hare Krishna. From Krishna Pramavati Devidasi, Nitya Nava Navaya Mana. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari, Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Rati. Nayon Kanti, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Krishna Pramavati Devidasi, in what a wonderful way Krishna corrected Brahma and showed special favor to the gopis, gopas and cows of Vrindavan. Yes. He does so many things at once. Krishna is unlimited and he can do anything. Mm. He can contradict nature. He can do anything. Jiva Goswami said that unless one can actually fully accept that Krishna is achintya or inconceivable. You cannot understand who Krishna is. 
So we may think, oh, how could Krishna do that? Or why would Krishna do that? Or whatever. He does everything according to his own sweet will and he can do anything. Hare Krishna. Bhaktar Prabhu said, amazing. Yes, it's truly amazing. The most amazing, one of my favorite pastimes actually. Ananda Mochit Devidasi. Jai, thank you so much Gurudev for reading Srila Prabhupada's books. Today I understand how the Supreme Lord Shri Krishna is transcendental and he can do anything, whatever he wants. Yes. Even the Lord Brahma is bewildered by the Lord Krishna. Thank yes. you so much. Yes, he defeats Lord Brahma. You know, there are, there are followers of the Brahma Madhva Sampradaya before Lord Chaitanya came before Madhavendrapuri and Lord Chaitanya and Ishwapuri came who don't accept this pastime yeah because they 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 consider Brahma their spiritual master the, the Adi Guru of their Sampradaya so they don't think that he can become bewildered so they don't they don't uh, comment on this pastime <laughs> they leave it out <laughs> Which is just another, you know, small point or or an idea that separates Lord Chaitanya and his followers from everyone else. Mm. We we must accept the pastimes as they are. We can't pick and choose mm. if we are to actually enter into Goloka Vrindavan in the end. Okay, Hare Krishna. This is from Nitai Gosai. Oh, Dal Nitai, Hare Krishna. Dear Srila Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Thank you for having us on board. You read Srila Prabhupada's words how the influence of Maya is immediately stopped when one identifies as being a servant of Sri Krishna. Yes. Yet, in other places, Srila Prabhupada speaks of a gradual process of success and surrender. And we do more often than not experience and see that indeed it takes time and up and downs before aspiring devotees come to full surrender. No, there is, this is not, you've misunderstood. You know, it's not saying, you know, well, a person has to be qualified to see Krishna, to actually see Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It takes all that, what you're talking about, that gradual process, it takes that to come to the point to see Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead completely, and then Maya vanishes. Maya no longer influences you. So there's not a contradiction at all between those two statements. One has to go through the gradual process before he becomes eligible. In this lifetime, it may appear that someone gets it immediately, but that's because he's done many things in his past to get to that position, that gradual stage, the gradual development of Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. But even when one comes to that stage, a person who's actually a devotee on that level, they act like a neophyte. Therefore, it's very difficult to understand the activities of a liberated soul. Hare Krishna. Varti Manjari said, you are the touchstone, Guru Maharaj. I'm simply running after you, falling <laughs> far, far behind. Krishna, Chaitanya. You're running ahead, leading the kirtan. I'm just sitting here in this uh, little flat for, you know, almost a year and a half or a year and three months, you know, not going anywhere, doing anything. Hare Krishna. Bhaktaru Prabhu said, this pastime is so nice. Love how the curtain of Yoga Maya is drawn and Brahma is able to really appreciate Vrindavan, knowing how special it actually is. Yes. Very wonderful. 
This is from Itago Sai said, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Goranga Gopal Prabhu. Dear Maharaj, thank you for putting us to bed with such amazing pastimes. Please bless us that we can dream of Krishna tonight. Ah, so be it. So be it. And you bless me that I can dream of Krishna tonight. Thank you everyone very much. This pastime is just, well, I don't want to be trite, but it's out of this world. In a literal sense, it's out of this world. And uh, yes, let us keep hearing these pastimes. As I repeat again and again, we should hear them again and again. And we will get to that stage. We will understand fully. By the mercy of Krishna. I heard... uh, I think I, I might have said this the last time or two days ago. I just heard Gopi Pranadana said this wonderful thing that we are, you know, we're actually the hosts. You know, Krishna is actually our guest in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We're the hosts, in a sense. Right? Mm-hmm. And yet we're so thankless that we just fill the place where the Lord stays with dirt and filth. But then, when we start to hear about Krishna, even in the beginning stage, we get a little inclination, a little interest in hearing about Him. And He takes up, through the Supersoul, the work of cleansing our heart. even when we're too lazy to do it. That's how great a friend Krishna is. And that is His greatest mercy. The greatest thing that He does. He showed just now, creating the universe is nothing for Him. He can just do it like... But the souls who have left Him and come to the material world... They, they are uh, expanded from Him with a, a limited but independence, with autonomy. And therefore, He will never force us. Mm. We have to come voluntarily. And therefore, it's so difficult for us. Because His energy is so powerful, just like He showed to Brahma. Shashi, Brahma, Mohan, Leela, Ki, Jai. There's another comment. From Dachari, Hari Prabhu. From who? Oh, Dachari. Hare yeah. Krishna Maharaj, thank you again for the reading. I really like the point tonight about how the whole world is under the waves of the material spell and beings are floating like straws on the water. So their struggle for existence is continuing. But as soon as one becomes conscious that he is the eternal servant of the Supreme Personage of Godhead, this maya or illusory struggle for existence is immediately stopped. I remember hearing in a class recently from Tarakanath that the material energy is actually a passive agent. But because of our aggressive mentality, we also see the material energy as being aggressive. Therefore, we become. Therefore, we become. We appear to get that response from material nature, but when we act as a servant of Krishna, we are no longer affected by it. Yes, that's right, and that's a rare accomplishment. to actually act fully, without reservation, with full realization that we're servant of Krishna. That is a rare accomplishment. But Lord Chaitanya is giving it to everyone. That's another thing. Hare Krishna. Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ki Jai. Samaveda Bhaktivinoda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi, Hari Hari By the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, tomorrow night, We'll be back again. Same time, same place. Same topic. 
the wonderful pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, the source of everything. See you tomorrow night. Hare Krishna.